everybody, this is Joe Pao. And I'm Bruno Pao. <laughs> and this is Wine You Wish Upon a Star. The fan cast for watching all of the movies that Disney made animated, released in the theaters in chronological order. How are you doing, Bruno? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good. Hey, why did we start singing so high? Oh, because we were mice that turned into people. We were. Did you know that mice can talk to children? Because I learned that today. I also learned that today <laughs> and was terrified. <laughs> today, we watched 1977's The Rescuers. Not Down Under, just The Rescuers. Oh, man. See, I wrote on my note, The Rescuers Down Under. Oh. I got confused at the beginning of this movie. You jumped ahead like 20 years. Today, we drank a red wine that was a blend from Paso Robles called Rabble. Rabble, 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 rabble. And that's about it. Like, it was it was pretty fine. I did not like it. Yeah, it was like middle of the road to screw top one, so. Yeah, I just, every time I poured it, I just went rabble, 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 rabble. You did, you did. So, I mean, I guess that's the best part about it. Much like the Hamburglar. Not the child burglar, but the Hamburglar. But speaking of child burglars, <laughs> hoo-wee. Oh, my gosh. So, before... We watched it for the podcast. Have you ever seen The Rescuers before? Yes, because there were definitely images that were familiar. But no, because there were terrifying images that were horrifying. I had never seen the whole thing in its entirety until today. And I was a little taken aback because based on the quality and the subjects of the past films that we had watched, this one is a major departure, a hard left into mystery and abduction i want to say there was like a meeting everybody sat down and they're like listen our movies they've just been too family friendly and they've been too happy and i feel as if we need to take a turn what was the last one we did uh, it's about a kid who imagines his stuffed animals have this nice little village and they get in all kind now, of hullabaloo how about we take that kid and we shove him in a hole and drown them and then stuff their teddy bears full of diamonds and have an old woman shoot at them the whole time yes oh my goodness there was okay this was a very dark movie both thematically and visually it was hard to see in many many times because it's like it's like, okay, what kind of color palette do we have for this? Well, we got purple, we got black, and more purple. Wait, I like this black. Tell me more about this black. And then we got dark, dark reds, like blood red. Do you also have more black? <laughs> it's a very dark movie. It was hard to see. We were squinting, trying to watch it. This movie had somebody by the name of Buttram. Yes. So we're getting into the opening credits, and it says one of the characters, the character of Luke, is played by... An actor named John Buttram, B-U-T-T-R-A-M, Buttram. And it wasn't until he actually showed up in the movie that I realized, oh, that's the name of the guy who is the sheriff of Nottingham. Because, again, does not change his voice. This is like the fourth movie in a row where he's showing up and just doing the same, hey there, I'm a little hayseed, my name is Buttram. I feel like voice actors didn't get it for another like 15 years and then they were just like oh we change our voice <laughs> oh i feel like they keep bringing this guy in i don't know maybe i don't know he had some kind of connection or something like that but they were like y you know what this takes place in medieval england so but let's just have him do his voice you know what this takes place in new york you know what how about we set the last half of it in louisiana so he can just show up and just do his own voice he's just always doing his own voice 
We start out this movie with a multicultural meeting of mice. But first, did you notice anything missing? A book. Didn't start with oh. a book. Yeah. Never, never mind the fact that this actually is based on a series of books, which I didn't know until well, the opening said credits. That. Yeah, it said that in the beginning, like There's loosely based off of garbage, I think is what it said. <laughs> it, well, it said, it didn't even say based on the books. It said inspired by the characters of the book, Miss Bianca. I think it said like in that. spite of. In spite of, maybe. Yeah, that's what it said. Okay, this one's going to be rough for me. I hand wrote these notes because I forgot to charge my tablet. And in solidarity, I also hand wrote my notes. So this is going to be a little bit of like hieroglyphics. So as you said, it starts with a multicultural gathering of mice at the UN, like in the coat room, I think. They're like meeting in a giant suitcase that just somehow sits there. This is their own offshoot of the UN called the Rescue Aid Society. Well, they, they're in an airport, too, because they all rode in on people's bags. No, that was the UN. That was the UN headquarters in New York. Oh, no, I thought that was an airport. No, it just seemed planes. like it. There were planes. Weren't there planes? It was the UN. It was the UN building. No, there were planes. It was an airport. Okay. Well, maybe I missed that. Why was there piles of luggage at the UN? Because people are flying in from all across the country or the world. I don't know. Maybe I missed that. I thought it was the UN. Okay. Well, I don't know. But each of the mice pops out of a suitcase of somebody who's dressed exactly like them. Right. And so there's like a French mouse, a Chinese mouse, a Scottish mouse who pops out also wearing a kilt. There's like a Muslim mouse. There's an American mouse. There's like a multicultural mice. (laughs) So they meet up together and they start singing their own. They have their own anthem, which is like, it's kind of like a, okay, I guess we're all going to sing the song together. I think it's like, I'm pro I'm pro-sick, we rescue children. I'm pro-sick, I'm pro-sick, Tiki-taki, tiki-taki, oi, oi, oi. That's it, right? And then they drink. They mentioned that the AIDS society was developed in like 403 BC by Euripides the mouse. And so they have this portrait on the wall of... A mouse taking care of a lion, like bandaging his finger. Well, yeah, it's that old thing where it's like the mouse pulled the thorn out of the lion's paw Mm -hmm. and thus created a society (laughs) of helpful mice. Which is older than society itself. (laughs) The Rescue Aid Society is meeting because somebody found a message in a bottle and the message, they pull it out and it reads, I am in terrible trouble. To Morningside Orphanage, Penny. And that wasn't that wasn't a misreading of it. That was literally how it's written out. They have trouble decoding it. But Miss Bianca, the uh, representative from Hungary, walks up and says, "Oh, I'll help you read the note." And so she reads the note. <laughs> that was definitely not her accent. <laughs> it's exactly. That I'll was help you read on. the note. <laughs> You recognized her voice, by the way. Yeah, it was Duchess. It was Duchess. It was Eva Gabor. We said Zsa Gabor last time, but it was Eva Gabor. Eva Gabor. She's also from Hungary, so. Oh, Duchess. I'm really good at the accents. I do nothing but good accents on this show. You know, you should be a voice actor from the 60s and 70s. Mm. This is my Hungarian accent, goulash. <laughs> okay, she doesn't sound anything like that, so <laughs> it's that's nothing to pick at. She sounds fine. So she decides she's going to 
rescue this child, Penny, who's actually trying to get back to her orphanage. That's what the note was written for, saying, please help me get back to my orphanage in New York. I am stuck, and I'm in terrible, terrible, and... Jing and Hing the Dimer, he sounded like the Swedish chef. That's what her note said. And so she's just from reading the note, she feels so bad and she wants to take on the assignment. So the guy who's in charge says, okay, yes, you should go. And then hold on. You're a woman. You can't possibly go by yourself. Well, the janitor Bernard speaks up and says, um, I don't know about this because what if she gets in danger? And the guy in charge says, yeah. We don't actually send women by themselves to do this, so you're going to have to get a partner. And they all raise their hand because they're all... She's a hot mouse. So into her. In like a little like coat and hat. And so they say, you can pick whoever you want as your partner. And she says, I want the janitor who said I can't go by myself. And the, and so like the janitor named Bernard is like, oh, but I'm just a janitor. <laughs> Well, he says it regular. He has a normal voice. He wasn't a hick. I don't. There's hick mice later, so I guess I don't want to make that confusing. He's a normal person. And he's like, but I'm just the janitor. Meanwhile, he's like in the bottle that the note came out of, and he's super superstitious. So he's like, I'm just the janitor. That's really good. I know. See again, you're painting a picture in like with waveforms. It's wonderful. It's like they're here in the movie with us. <laughs> I'm just gonna see how long you went on for. So, uh, Bernard gets to go along, even though he's not technically an agent of the United Nations or whatever they are. And the thing is that he's superstitious. Like, when they bring out the ladder for him to crawl into the bottle, he's like, uh, there's 13 steps. And the guy They're in like, charge just is like, skip oh, one. <laughs> gosh, just skip one. And every single time he does that. So, we start to get an idea of who these characters are, where he's kind of logical and superstitious. She's adventurous and impulsive. She's also very, uh compassionate which we see when they try to get to the orphanage and he's like okay here's the directions and she's like let's cut through the zoo but then bernard ends up being chased by a lion and he's just like oh my gosh it was a horrible idea to go to the zoo and she's like well it's your fault like you woke up a sleeping lion so of course he's cranky so that's kind of painting who they are they make it to the orphanage and they meet a cat and they get freaked out for a moment but the cat's just like i'm too old to be chasing mice around his name is Rufus. Rufus. Rufus was actually a friend of Penny's, even though when they first start asking him questions, he's like, ah, who, who, who knows? Like children going in and out. Yeah, I think that Penny ran away. But then they do a flashback and they're like best friends. And well, she's like, Rufus, you're my only friend. And she, he's like, oh, let me give you some advice. Have faith in the future. Yeah, he's a cat. Of course, he's going to be standoffish and rude. <laughs> He walks up to Penny while she's like crying and he's like, what's wrong? I thought you like almost had, I thought you had a family. I thought people came in like a, to adopt you. And she's like, I was looked over for the cute redheaded girl. Oh yeah. This seems <laughs> rough. Like she was just like, yeah, they were going to adopt me. And then they saw the cute redheaded girl and they left homely me. <laughs> but like, she's like three or four, I think. Like she's really young and she's just like, I'm ugly. And it was like, ugh, this is rough. She's already so self-deprecating. She has a teddy bear that's basically Winnie the Pooh. Like, she just has Winnie the Pooh. Which, by the way, this movie came out the same year as The Adventures of Winnie the Pooh in 1977. So maybe it was a little cross-promotion. But it's also a very, very different movie. So we find out from Rufus that it seems like Penny has run away and the police 
tried to find her and basically gave up. But I don't, I don't know, like, they they keep saying she ran away, but then, like, it really sounds like she was kidnapped. Yeah, they ask her, like, was she, was anybody talking to her around the time of her disappearance? And he's like, oh, yeah, that trashy lady from down the street came and would talk to her and try to get her in her car. It's like, that wouldn't raise a flag, Rufus, the trashy lady who owns a pawn shop down the street. Again. And he's like, I don't associate with trash people. Cats are <laughs> the worst. So that gives them their new lead. They're going to go down the street to the pawn shop that's owned by Medusa. Good job, Disney. Great creative name naming there for a villain. Well, and of course, they find Penny's diary. And it says, like, where she's at or something. And it says, like, we're going to... The Devil's Bayou. The Devil's Bayou. Which I kept wanting to call it the Devil's <laughs> Bowl. But they, like, find this book. And then they're like, we have to go to the Devil's Bayou. Which, like... I mean, it's really convenient that everybody who lives in New York knows what the Devil's Bayou is in Louisiana. Yeah, well, the phone starts ringing and Madame Medusa comes walking out and just like does like this whole exposition dump on the phone. They're like, what? You can't control a little girl? We stole her for a reason. She has to go find diamonds. Oh, I guess I'll go to the Devil's Bayou myself. And so they try to like jump in her suitcase, which suitcase just like flies out of her car anyway. So it doesn't even matter. I mean, okay. Medusa is literally, like, movement-wise, vocal-wise, everything, a spitting image of Carol Burnett playing Mrs. Hannigan in Annie. Yeah. Like, I swear, shot for shot, the clothing, the body, everything. I'm just like, whoa. (laughs) And she's kind of, like, over-exaggerated in her movements with, like, her lanky limbs and things like that. But, yeah, you could easily, like compare the two or confuse the two i literally the whole movie expected her to be like little girls little girls and she does say little girl like yeah. many many times they're like oh that, you can't control a little girl and i was just like okay well they really thought out of the box for this one because wasn't didn't annie come out before this i don't know what the when when annie came out 77 probably around the same time Corella DeVille drives off to the airport and <laughs> Yes, she she drives exactly like her. Like her car moves the same way and she's like driving through a trench and everything. And her suitcase suitcase flies out, so Bianca and Bernard are thrown out of the car and they're like, We have to get to the airport. So of course they run to the airport and make it the same time that a car does. I don't know why they even go to an airport, because they go through the airport to get to the roof of a building where an albatross will come pick them up. Which, like, I literally thought to myself, like, are these mice invisible? Yeah. This they, whole time. Like, they're, like, they're... riding the escalator with people. And, yeah. they're little, and they're little clothes and everything. People don't stop and be like, well, that's that's interesting. They make it to the roof of the building. And it's time for Albatross Air Services. But there's one flight and they've missed it. But, haha, don't you know planes are always late? <laughs> social commentary <laughs> this is a very different disney movie yeah the bird lands it crashes bernard's like and he crashes take the train he crashes violently like he's like landing he like kind of skids on his like on his feet and his butt a little and then go- just starts skidding on his face and it's like this slow like ow that is incredibly painful like towards the camera and then of course he's like that's one of my better landings. It's all just a weird thing. There's more about like 13 steps to get on the bird's back. And it's, 
a tiny like sardine can on the back, and so then they get in. And... Well, also albatrosses are unlucky if you're traveling. If you're on a voyage and you see an albatross, that's unlucky. Even more unlucky if you kill it. I don't know if that's exactly what they were going for. Yeah, this. I don't know, but they get on his back and then they start a sexy song. I've got a quick little fun fact for this, but this is almost more like a, almost a rumor. I can't verify for myself, but when they take off and they like dive off of like the roof and they're like diving past all the windows, there was a thing that people realized when this came out on VHS and Laserdisc that if you play that scene step by step by step, in one of the windows you see the upper torso of a naked lady. <laughs> I can't verify this, but I heard that, that was a thing. Little Disney humor. This is like one of those first ones because they're going to come back later. That's true. I think I saw it. Did you see it? Did you think it? Well, that sexy song was playing about soaring through the night sky. What did you think of the music in this? It's <laughs> definitely not Sherman Brothers music. That's like peppy and happy and like, here we go, we're traveling. I thought it was all boring. <laughs> yeah. Like even in it's the beginning. super boring. I started laughing because during the opening credits, it just like, there's this like really dramatic music playing. And then this voice comes in singing, who will rescue me? And like, that's the only lyric. And it's just like this instrumental music after that. And it's just like, this is very sad and depressing, like 70s music. I even wrote on my notes, this song is too long. And then I wrote, oh man, Flamba Farts Mom. <laughs> <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> Were you conjuring? Is, did you put a hex on me? <laughs> so Flamba Farts Mom and Medusa has two crocs. <laughs> 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 I'm imagining a pair of shoes. Like she's got two Crocs for like shoes, and the shoes chase Penny. Like, like, come back here, little girl. But when they introduce her, she's riding them. Like she has like one foot on each one, and she's riding them like some kind of like I don't know, some mythical creature. And then she has a sidekick named Snoops. 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 <laughs> it was kind of hard. Snoops. So, so many of the names of this, they, they did not do a really great job in this with character introduction because you just hear people screaming, Snoops! 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 <laughs> it's like unintelligible <laughs> screaming, like, Snoops! Sharks! Snakes! Snoops! Like, snacks! Like, I don't know what they're saying. I still don't know what the mosquito's name is, and we'll get to that. Oh, I don't remember. I like, thought its name was Everclear. Everclear. Ever, ever, I thought it was Everett, then Aberforth, then Everclear, <laughs> and then it was like ever nude. Like that's what some people <laughs> said. It. it made me think of like uh, Arrested like Development, like a never nude, but he's ever nude, which is not true because he wears a turtleneck and has a mustache. Oh man! And then when Snooze comes in, that's Butt Ram, isn't it? He's no, in- no, that Luke is he, the the hillbilly mouse that they meet in the bayou. All oh, right, so then they run into a set of hillbilly. Ma- well, okay. I think they're rats. I think they're swamp rats. Yeah, I think they are. And they've got all these other redneck friends, like a teeny tiny owl and a teeny tiny Confederate soldier turtle. Yeah, this is where it was like really odd. But then also the the size of things, like the scope of things got weird because it's like the mice appear to be normal size. Like their home is like a gas can. Mm -hmm. And so they fit inside the gas can in which, like, a normal-sized rat would fit inside a gas can, but then they also have 
an owl friend and a turtle. They're the same size of them. And a, and a, a bunny. Well, and a mole and a that's mole. half the size of the rats. Yeah, so they're like, but they're all kind of seeing like eye to eye. But like just the, the scale of it just seems very, very odd. When when I first saw them, though, the whole grouping of them together, I just kind of said like, it looks like the cast of Rango because it kind of does. Have you ever seen Rango? No. It's like this Western. Like Rango Unchained? Oh, that'd be a very different movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's this movie where like Johnny Depp played a, a lizard that got like stuck in like this weird old West town with these like rats and moles and bunnies and turtles and they're all kind of the same size but it's like they're all hillbillies like they like they're in the old west it's a very strange movie it's kind of fun but it's very strange but anyway that's what if you've seen rango that's what this grouping is so there's a whole thing where penny tries to run away the crocs grab her and rip her undies and that's when bernard and bianca show up and they're like, oh, there's she, like, there's Medusa, because they also see Medusa, so they're like, we know her, oh, that must be Penny. And the thing is, is that while the Crocs are chasing after the after Penny, Medusa says, like, send up a flare so I can see. And for some reason, Sno- Snoke Snoops shoots up, like, 8,000 fireworks into the sky. And so that even when, like, she's, when Medusa's out, like, driving her little, like, motorboat car... He sends up these fireworks, like, after she's be- that Penny's been captured that says, Got a girl! Which, like, okay, if anybody lives in the area, like, <laughs> I think they've been found out. Well, maybe they were, like, wedding fireworks. Like, got a girl! <laughs> like, I do. She said yes <laughs> to being abducted for jewels. Well, no, they didn't. They didn't give the plot of the movie. <laughs> that would have been ridiculous. There's way too many fireworks. But, like, Bernard and Bianca get close by riding a leaf that's powered by this dragonfly whose name is... Aberforth. Evernude. I wrote Everclear the whole time. I thought it was Everclear. Like, the alcohol. Yeah, I have it written down. First I wrote Everett, then Abenruth, then Evenwood, and then Evernude. (laughs) (laughs) The Gators, we find out their names are Nero and Brutus, which I was like, okay, that's weird, but sure, they're, they're Roman villains. Okay. And then right around this time, we find out Medusa starts yelling at Snake about whether Penny's found the devil's eye. And we get more about how it's like, okay, apparently they kidnapped this little girl so they could send her down a hole so she could get this giant diamond. She can only go down during certain times because the cave, it's only big enough for a child, but then it also fills up in high tide. And she's just like really upset being like, and there's the reason why she wrote the note where she's like, I can't run away and I hate going down in that stupid hole which she's like brought up all these other kinds of jewels so much to the point that she's like bored of jewels. Like they even find more jewels later on. And she's just like, Oh yeah, that's those are the tiny stuff. (sighs) Whatever. So then at this point, the mice are talking with Penny. So this is when it's like, you find out, I guess mice can speak English. Well, she was talking to the cat too, but I guess the, the mice as well. It extends to mice as well. Well, I guess that's true. I guess we didn't see her talking to the cat. Like, it was more of the cat's recollection of the situation. So yeah. maybe, like, you thought it was just like, oh, this is like the cat just saying, like, we talked. But he's, like, giving this whole pep talk where he's just like, here's something somebody taught me. Faith is like an old waterfall or something. I don't know what he says. It's like a distant tree and you have to know it's there. So at this point in the movie, I was wondering if alligators smell. 
Like, not they actively smell. Like, can they smell? Like, do they have an enhanced sense of smell? Like, like dogs. Shock, like, shocks or dogs. <laughs> I just combined sharks and dogs, and I said shogs. <laughs> shogs in? Wait, what is it? Can they go through the dark? Can they sing in a spot? Or what's the song? <laughs> How did it end up like this? How did it end up like this? No, no. It, you just said, like... Or is that the... Is, can they jump very high? Can, can like they a flying through? trapeze? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Jellicle shocks and Jellicle oh, shocks. No, it was Jellicle. Oh, I didn't realize that's what I was singing. I thought it was something else. Oh my god, I thought it was like Hamilton or something. Oh, I didn't realize this was Wait, Cats. How would that figure I into Hamilton? I thought it was more like like the founding fathers, I like swing through the air like a trapeze. No, I can don't. see in the dark. <laughs> can you write a declaration? <laughs> I'm not gonna lose my vine. I'm not gonna lose my vine. <laughs> no, I don't know. Oh. Uh, I think we sang that poorly enough so that we don't have to worry about copyright infringement. Yeah, both musicals will be like, nope, that's not ours. Nope, nope, nope. nope, nope, nope. Don't look at us. Don't look at us. <laughs> if we sue you, that means we are admitting to writing bad music. <laughs> at this point in the movie, like you pretty much understand what the plot is. The alligators spend some time tearing up the house because they smell Bianca's perfume and then they break an organ. It, it's a very weird extended scene that like really didn't need to happen. And it ends with Medusa bringing a shotgun out and shooting like everyone. <laughs> and, and the shotgun doesn't even like penetrate skin. It just destroys this old boat that they're on because she's like she shoots an alligator in the butt and like the pellets just bounce off of him. She shoots snips and it bounces off of him but she's still like shooting at these mice and the and the child which by the way like just to paint a picture of snaps he's very fat like he's rather rotund but then later on in the movie when his clothes get blown off he's a much smaller man yeah he's, <laughs> like, he's more just like thicker hipped i guess yeah like, like <laughs> at, in this part of the movie i'm talking like he had boobs, like mm-hmm. multiple butts, like he was a, like a little circle. Bulky boy. Yeah. yeah, no, but like he's a circle. Like somebody needs to help him. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you think maybe he gets like a lap band in the middle of it somewhere? I don't think he got lap band surgery in the middle of the bayou. <laughs> I don't think he did. Maybe he got bariatric surgery and like sent up fireworks, being like, "I need help." I said yes to cheese. What? I said yes. Instead of she said yes. Oh, okay. (laughs) Said yes to cheese. I said fries. And a bariatric surgeon just went like, I'm on my way. Supersize me. (laughs) No, but like, it's just such a weird transition where it's like, in the beginning of the movie, he's very circular. And then at the end of the movie, when his clothes are blown off, he's much smaller. When the mice are stuck in the organ and the, the alligators, no, the crocs are like trying to get them out, one of them is like playing. And I think it, it almost sounds like it's playing The Night on Bald Mountain from Fantasia. It sounds kind of like it. But anyway, it made me think that organ that they're playing, it looks a lot like the organ that's in the Haunted Mansion. Like, I, I don't know if that's intentional or not, but that organ that's in Haunted Mansion was also the same organ that was used in the movie 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. So it could have been, it's around that same time, a little after that time, maybe it's an homage. I don't know for sure. So it's unsure whether they're alligators or crocodiles. 
It's crocodile. It's crocodile. No, it's it is actually alligator. Do you know how to to tell the difference between an alligator and a crocodile? Please, please tell me. <laughs> well, one you're gonna see. No. <laughs> I love your punchline so I'm much. Thinking I'm, I'm like I'm like I'm like shaking in anticipation <laughs> to hear the end of this. One you're gonna see later, and the other you're gonna see in a while. All right, I got it. I got it. Because you see. Uh huh. Yeah. See, see you later. Crocodile. Alligator. No. Joey. <laughs> <laughs> it's see you in a while, crocodile. Alligator. Oh, Joey. <laughs> so this long scene ends. The organs destroyed. And for some reason now, we need to watch everyone get dressed in their pajamas. Yeah, this is the bedtime. Where everyone's just going to bed, where Medusa's, like, taking off her, her eyelashes. No, but, like, we saw them go from, like, naked to, like, nightgowns. Yeah, like, the little girl, like, she's basically, like, the, the copper tone bottle, like, from from the rear, not wearing anything but her, like, ripped undies and then putting her nightgown on. It's but then like, we do also, we need to watch this? Like, we also have to watch it with Medusa, too. Like, did we really need to watch your nightgown slip over your weird panties and garter belt? Did we need that? I didn't need it. Yeah, not necessarily. And then Medusa calls Penny into her bedroom, and Penny's like, did you call me? And Medusa's like, <laughs> Medusa's like, yeah, watch me peel off my eyelashes. And so she's like, talks to the girl, and she's like, you're ugly. And then she peels off her eyelashes, and Penny's like, okay, good night. Yeah, because Penny's just like, so if we find your diamond, can I go home to the orphanage? And she's just like, why would you want to do that? Nobody wants you. She's like, you're here with me. You've got this whole boat to yourself. No one's going to adopt you because you're a stupid little girl, and nobody likes you. She's like, okay. And then she goes to bed, and that's when the rescuers meet her. And again, another sad song is playing. Well, she's like saying her her prayers of just like, I really won't need to get out of here. I need somebody to find my note because I'm very sad. And this like sad song is playing too. We're sitting it with in it for a very very long time. Yeah, it's like eight minutes long of just like, you're ugly. No one wants you. Jesus can't hear your prayers. <laughs> like it's sad. And then even when the rescuers find her and they're just like, we found your bottle. We found your note. We're gonna get you out of here. And she's like. Nobody wants me. I'm a sad child. Well, and then she's like, cool, did you bring the police? Oh, no, it's just us. And she's like, okay. Okay, <laughs> like, so you can't help me either. Even as a four-year-old, she's like, you're two mice. <laughs> I'm just going to have to be sad forever. She's so depressed. <laughs> so then they say, like, okay, well, let's make a plan together. To which really Penny is the only one making the plan. Like, they're just like, the rescuers are just like, yeah, that's a good idea. Because she's like, I can't get away because those crocodiles. And they're like, well, we got to find some kind of cage. And she's like, that elevator makes a good cage. They're like, good idea. And she's like, and then we can distract her with this. And they're like, good idea. And so that's all the rescuers do is they tell this little girl, good idea. So then finally, with like 20 minutes left in the movie, it's time to go into the cave. Well, they even promise her, they're like, you're never going into the cave again. And they send for their reinforcements. Abernathy, or Evernude, gets stuck in a bottle while being chased by bats because he's supposed to bring the other animals. But because he doesn't until morning, they're like, she's got to go back in the cave. So Bianca lied to her and said, oh, sorry. Yeah, I guess we are going back in the cave. So they get lowered into the cave and... Medusa keeps her teddy bear up at the top because she's like, once you find the 
diamond you can have your teddy bear back so she lowers her down in a bucket they get down there it turns out the skull is, or no the diamond is in a skull in the place that she hasn't looked because it's over across the hole that sounds that like a toilet shoots water it's like a bidet just yeah it makes this sound that is just so nasty <laughs> just like that good i don't have to describe it <laughs> you should be a foley artist a p artist foley the people that make sounds like i'm walking down the street and then oh. like tap on like things and... i was thinking like a foley catheter like for p are there artists that work with that i'm sure there are you're telling me that there is no artist in the world that uses p okay i guess yeah i'm pretty sure i've known of artists that use any other kind of fluid so there it's not my fault they chose to name their art after pee pee is that the episode title right there? <laughs> the Rescuers, or they chose to title their art after PP. <laughs> it's a family show, kids. See, no, see, I would be good at it. Like, ding dong. Oh, who's at the oh, door? I seriously thought somebody was at the door. Come in. Who is knocking? <laughs> <That was> just... <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Oh, come on in. Dracula? <laughs> Stop stepping on my wife's notes. I want to suck your blood. Oh no, Dracula, don't suck my blood. I'm recording a podcast. Oh no, my blood, I need that. It's spurting everywhere. All over my closet. Oh, I just dry cleaned those. And Dracula's dry cleaning my clothes. You're very thoughtful. (laughs) But I'm fainting because I'm losing all the blood. (laughs) And you're drinking all of it. And scene. <laughs> See? Oh my gosh, that was gold. I don't understand how I'm not a millionaire. <laughs> I don't think fully artists make a million dollars. This one would. <laughs> True. <laughs> this is your audition tape. This is a slow build, but now we finally finished the podcast. Don't this is the you worry, thing. Stephen King. I'm right here. <laughs> Wait, no, I meant. I meant. <laughs> Steven Spielberg. Oh, I thought you were saying you record his audiobooks and like do all the no. sounds like, and then the twins said, come play with us. And then he wrote his trike away. No, I meant to say <laughs> Steven Spielberg. And then I said Stephen King. <laughs> we are way off topic, but at the same time, I'm, I'm glad to laugh because this is a depressing movie. Yeah, this is better than the movie. So the girl is slowly drowning while she's trying to wedge a human skull open, which I was thinking when I saw this, is this the first time that we've actually seen, like, cadavers in a Disney movie? Well, yeah, at one point she goes like, oh, this is a pirate cave. And Bianca's like, how do you know that? And she's like, oh, that dead body over there. And they go over and they're like, meh. Like, it's like a total dead body laying there with, like, a sword sticking out of it. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's all, like, skeleton it's not like there's like rotting corpse no, hanging out there it's basically like the first skeleton that you see in like pirates of the caribbean so but then i, I realized that they did show a skull in <laughs> that's not my belly <laughs> that's not my belly i know it's outside my belly's outside ding dong <laughs> <laughs> I'm full of cheese. Feed me. <laughs> Feed me. What's in your fridge? What? It's rattling through the bottles. 
Okay, 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 okay. I got it. I got it. Wait, wait, wait. I lost Can my I thought. I just turn my page while we're. I lost my thought, but I got stupid. it again. <laughs> so thinking back, I remembered that there is a skull that is shown prominently in Snow White, but that is just kind of like a prop in the evil stepmother's lair, because like the, she does something and it scares her raven, and he like dives into the skull and starts like blinking one eye. But that was like a cute little one-off gag. This was like, we're spending a lot of time with her trying to like use a sword to wedge this skull open. And it's like the water is rushing into the skull and it's drowning the mice inside. And then the water is rushing out of the teeth. And it's just so macabre looking again with the black and purple and the gem is shining red. And it's just very, very unsettling. Oh, I was just going to say unsettling. It was wildly unsettling. Because we were watching and you were saying at this point, like, is this is this movie for kids? To which I don't know, because it's like, it seems too dark and depressing for kids. And at the same time, like, isn't like, I don't know, meaningful enough for adults. I don't know who this movie is for. Well, they finally get the diamond out of the skull. And then they almost get sucked into like the whirlpool in the cave. But they finally make it back to the bucket. And so then she's like, bring me up. Like, I have the diamond. So they, they bring Penny and the mice up. And the moment they bring her up to the top, she hands them the diamond and they just let go of the rope and she's just like, like all four is like kind of monkey styles and doesn't fall into the hole again. But the bucket, the rope, they all go in. After that, Penny is asking for her teddy saying, like, OK, I did what you want. I got what you wanted. Can I get my teddy back? And Miss Hannigan is like, no, you can't have it back because I've grown. I've grown close to the teddy bear. And it just seems really odd. Like, yeah, she just did exactly what she told her. But then she tries to get her teddy back and you realize it's because she hid the diamond in the teddy bear, which is this weird sort of thing that has nothing to do with anything, but just kind of justifies one last chase scene. Yeah, it seems really unnecessary because like... She, she doesn't have she to hide gets, it. She just hold it. Well, she gets a diamond and then Snokes is like, cool, we'll split it and share it. And she's like, no, like, I'm not going to split this. You don't get anything. And she like tries to like push him over and then she like gives chase and then it's a whole thing and then... Everclear finally made it back to the swamp rats and then they come running and then well he he he's like so tired from being chased after bats at first and he like goes through the chimney and they're like he's like he can't get any words out and they're like what what's you what's the problem and then Luke says I've got the cure for what ails you and then this is okay we didn't get wine in this but this is moonshine you pure upon the screen I was thinking like booze you poos across the screen Boozy pewsy cross the skews. Boozy cusy cross the skews. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it wasn't my best. Give me a second. I'll think of something. Booze you. No. Booze and. No, booze you. Booze. A boozy booze. I'm just going to go with moonshine you pair upon the screen if you don't mind. That wasn't my best. Anyway, he feeds him moonshine and then he like starts like kind of like Roger Rabbit where he's just like his eyes start popping and he's whirring around and the suit falls off of him and he just goes like and then they all go charge and they go running to the to the riverboat where Penny is and they end up without actually like sharing the the plan that they made with Penny. They like go about every single step of it like the alligators go into the cage and then they have the fireworks set off and they hotwire the riverboat jalopy thing i mean the fireworks go into buttholes like snokes gets one up him 
up in that snoke hole. Yeah. That's why he, like, doesn't have pants on again then, because his snow coal got fired on. Also, like, leading into this scene, like, right before all the chaos ensues, Medusa Hannigan is pointing the shotgun right in Penny's face. And we get a point of view shot from, like, Penny's point of view of, like, the muzzle of the shotgun when she's just like, I'm gonna take your teddy and you're gonna be a lost child and nobody wants forever. And she's, like, aiming a shotgun at a child. Which also, the shotgun has like a like a bump stock kind of like clip on it, like a mag clip. So it's not even a shotgun, it's basically an assault rifle. So I think about the time that we get an assault rifle pointed at a child. I was just like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I mean, I think like 20 minutes in, I was like, no, nah, I'm good. But like then it's just more running and they get the weird boat started and then they're driving away and Medusa's holding onto a rope and then she's using the alligators as her skis all the fireworks goes off and then the riverboat sinks and everybody gets away, but it's unclear how. And then Yeah, it just ends so abruptly and then just kind of flashes forward to the Rescue Aid Society watching TV as the newscaster is saying like, well, this little girl Penny just found the world's largest diamond and now it belongs to the Smithsonian and she got adopted. Yeah, because they're like, oh, you were so good, you get adopted. So basically, she's still ugly, but they like her because she's good. <laughs> and the other children at the orphanage are singing for She's a Jolly Good Fellow. But instead of like, which nobody can deny, they're like, because you have a mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> and then like throughout this, like because they're watching on TV, then Bianca kisses Bernard. And then like another like mouse shows up and they're like, we have another message. And Bianca's like, the two of us got it. You see, it's Friday the 13th. Oh, no, no. Superstitions. And so Bernard's like, not on Friday the 13th. But then the message. And they get in the albatross. Yeah, and then the message says, like, you have to come to Paraguay to meet my parrot, Peter. I don't remember that. Rabbit. And thus. Peter Rabbit? Is this the Peter Rabbit universe? Yeah, so then they head off in their albatross to the Peter Rabbit universe. And the albatross is wearing snow boots. And like, for reals, all that Peter Rabbit wanted was like some mice for his soup, so they died. I guess I missed that part. You fell asleep. Yeah. I guess I shouldn't do that when we're watching a movie for a podcast. Yeah. I, I thought it was really inappropriate. Yeah, um, so was there like another half hour that I missed? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. They got, the chase you watched them that? get skinned. Ooh, and then like... The graphic detail. Yeah, like they um, use their livers as pate. Ooh. And their... I guess they would have fatty livers. They do live in style. Their tails were noodles. And just two noodle, a two just, noodle stew. It was a two noodle stew. <laughs> and like their tops were made out of bottoms and their bottoms were made out of springs. So how, what did you think of the rescuers? Oh man, this movie was bore-zore. It was, it was a little bit of a slug. And through the whole thing, I just kept thinking like, this doesn't feel like a Disney movie. Maybe... I don't know. I wouldn't even say, like, compared to movies that came after it, it's just kind of in the wrong context. But after Winnie the Pooh, this was, it was dark. It was really depressing because it's like you just keep watching a child in danger over and over again. Like, who thinks that's fun? And not even, like, the fun way of, like, the Goonies where it's like, but they're going to figure it out and they're just, like, scrappy and, like, get back on their feet. Like, she just literally has these moments where she just sits and sulks and is incredibly depressed. And then a song comes in that says, like, you're a depressed child because you'll never have a family. And you're ugly. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Do you want to hear my amazing Foley artist-ness? Yeah. 
I'm going to make it sound like I'm opening a beer, but it's going to be my mouth. Wait. Okay. I'm going to raise you. Okay. Make your mouth sound like you're opening two beers. Okay. I got it. Ready? All right. I'm ready. Okay. Here we go. This is all with my mouth. Okay. That was very impressive. I know. Oh my gosh. I'm very impressive. You have a talent. Now I'm going to make it sound like I'm pouring it into a glass. Like one or two? Two. Okay. Yeah, there were definitely distinctive sounds there. I have no notes. Now I'm going to make it look like I'm spilling it. I'm in awe. Your mouth is even sounding like fizzling bubbles. Oh, man. I stained our couch. (laughs) You did. See, this is all my mouth sounds. <laughs> now, what's that supposed to be? Is that like, are you a DJ? Like if somebody spilled a on br- a couch a br- and was br- cleaning it up. <laughs> How would you get a couch in a closet? I don't understand the logic. How would you get a couch in your butt? Also don't understand that logic. <sighs> so I guess it's very clear that I, I want to say this is the first movie of this podcast where I can say, eh. You can skip it. <laughs> yeah, like it was just kind of boring. Like from start to finish, I was just like, meh. If you're a completionist and you want to see all of them, by all means, see it. It's got moments like Bernard and Bianca. They have like a really cute chemistry, but it just gets overshadowed by just this child depression. Like what child in a movie wants to go back to an orphanage? <laughs> see, and like, I don't even think the chemistry is that that great. Like, I think that you could watch Aristocats and get better chemistry between duchess and thomas o'malley true and i i would say the same with robin and marion like they have this cute flirtation this is one of those things where they're just kind of thrown together i mean bernard doesn't even like show much attraction to her like it's more of her just being like more wowed that it's like oh the janitor can do much more than he thinks yeah but i just meant like if you really needed to see ava gabor and you were just like ah, i gotta have that gotta have sweet my gabor fix ava sounds that sweet hungarian lusciousness Go in my ear watch aristocats <laughs> yeah and you'll be fine she seems a lot more uh, uh, very different character in that um so brenna would you like some fun facts i suppose it's time for fun, fun facts with joe teo so this movie came out in 1977. Do you know what other movie came out in 1977 around oh, the same time? Winnie the Pooh. You already said that. Star Wars. Oh. And this movie actually was more financially successful in some countries than Star Wars, including Germany and France. What? Yeah. It was actually a huge worldwide hit, much bigger than Star Wars. <laughs> also. Hit me with your fun facts. Fire away. Okay, maybe we can get past the censors for that. What if I sang it really badly like the other ones? Like, exactly, that's what I'm saying. We could get like, hear me with your. F-. Well, that's a different song entirely. I mean, if, if you we are like. going to use it for our listeners at home, Brenna sings that almost every single episode, and I have to cut <laughs> it out so we don't get sued by Pat Benatar. No, we can cut all this out. <laughs> Would you like another fun fact? Would I? That's always my response. I need to come up with something more. <laughs> like, no. No, okay. that's not. No. Well, <laughs> cheers. That's not true. <laughs> I would like another fun fact, please, sir. Would you like another fun fact? 
Yeah. <laughs> well, there were talks about that being a, a TV series based on the rescuers. And uh, the pre-production on that actually ended up becoming the basis for the sequel, The Rescuers Down Under, which released in 1990. However, they also moved forward in another direction and created a different version of it. And that ended up becoming Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Because the two chipmunks that are solving crimes and rescuing children and whatever. Wait, I thought they talked weird. What do you mean they talked weird? Like, I thought Chip and Dale was just like, meow, 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 meow. Well, they do in, like, the old cartoon where they're, like, terrorizing Donald Duck when he's, like, just trying to farm, like, peanuts or tomatoes or apples. He's always, like, just, like, I'm, like, wah, 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 I'm, I'm farming. And then they just show up and they go, like, yeah, I thought that's how they talk. And they mess up his life. And he gets really mad. Which, as an adult, I'm like, he's right to get mad because they are being jerks. Or he's like, he's like, we're doing great on these mouth sounds. I'm working really hard on my impersonations. But in the TV show Rescue Rangers, they actually do have voices and they do talk. Oh, they're just like, I'm Chip and this is Dale. Yeah, basically. One of them's dressed like Indiana Jones and the other one's dressed like. Hulk Hogan? I was going to say Hawaii Five-0, oh. but I don't know what the... No, Magnum P.I. I got that wrong. Oh. Or Hulk Hogan. I'm sure maybe they've had an episode where, like... I'm Chip. <laughs> where one of the rescuers just goes up and he's like, Check out the pythons, baby! <laughs> Check out the pythons. Yeah, that's his, that's his arms, his oh. biceps. Check these pythons! I'm going to put you in a headlock because I'm Hollywood Hulk Hogan! I didn't know I was... In the recording studio with Hulk Hogan. Special guest Hulk Hogan. Eat your vegetables, drink your milk. What if we started... I've torn my shirt already. Oh, Lord. (laughs) What if we started doing, like, special guests and we brought in, like, all these people? Like, it was really nice of Hulk Hogan to be here. Like, he's leaving now. Thank you. Everybody, good night. By the way, I love the Rangers. I meant to say the rescuers. (laughs) Oh, he was back. He popped his head back in to clarify (laughs) what movie we were watching. I forgot what the name of the movie was. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, there's a vampire out here if you didn't realize. Oh, no, he sucked my python blood. I want to suck your pythons. He's getting super jacked on my blood. <laughs> I want to drink more blood. <laughs> so let me just get this right. Hulk Hogan was here in our recording studio. He was. He walked out. Yes. He then popped his head back in because he, he messed up the name of the movie. Mm-hmm. Then he walked back out, and in the hallway, he ran into the vampire that was here earlier, and the vampire started to suck Hulk Hogan's blood, thus creating a super vampire. Like a Hulkula. (laughs) Hulkula. (laughs) I want to elbow drop you from the high ropes. (laughs) Somebody hand me a folding chair. (laughs) Somebody's ready to rumble. <laughs> blee, 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 blee. <laughs> blee, blee, blee. <laughs> oh, this has gone far enough. Well, 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't even know what's next. I, I think that's probably enough. No, I mean, what movies is next? We're going to do a different <laughs> podcast and not avoid talking about a movie we didn't enjoy that much. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna give this one like on a scale of ten, like a like a two out of ten. Yeah, C minus and D plus to me. Yeah, it was like it was just it was depressing. It was just yeah. I felt so sad during it, and it just looked so dark. Yeah, and I just kept sitting there thinking like, how is this enjoyable for anybody? So, which apparently the people who worked on it were very proud of it. I'm gonna take my notes. <laughs> I'm gonna crumple them up, and I'm just gonna throw them in the corner. Yeah. So, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, what's our next movie? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Zoot Suit Riot. (laughs) Our next movie is The Fox and the Hound from 1981. We're in the 80s now. Oh, you're almost born. We're in the 80s. Look at these lasers. Check out my pet rock. Rock. It just wears sunglasses and sits there. Rock. And says it's named like a Pokemon. <laughs> um, I don't remember ever seeing this movie. I may have seen it when I was a toddler, but I have not seen it while well, actually like retaining memories. Oh man, let's do a fun thing where we predict what the movie is. I assume that the hound is a hunting hound and he finds the fox that he's hunting and they become friends. I think if I remember correctly... The fox and the hound are friends as kids, and then they grow. They like go to different boarding schools, and so then they grow boarding up separately. Schools. Okay. And so then the hound is like a like a hunter, and then he finds the fox later, and he's like, "Oh, that's my friend. I can't kill him." But then his humans like kill him, and then he doesn't. Does the fox go to like art school or? I think they just go to different parts of the country. Like the the fox goes off to like California. Ivy League. Oh. Uh- but the hound is like Ivy League Pepperdine, and like and then uh, the hound is like Cornell, in Harvard. Harvard, yeah. And so then when they learn their trades, they come back home to Massachusetts. So that's all I remember. That should be interesting. I, I can't wait to see it. Sort of like a uh I don't know, a dead poet society with animals. What is it where they stand on a desk and they're like, Oh captain, my captain? Yeah. Oh fox my hound. Oh, that sounds dirty. Yeah, that did. <laughs> you know what? On that note. On that note. Cheers. cheers.